0: Welcome to the Renewing the Center podcast. My name is Chris McDaniel, and we want to thank you for joining us today. Here at Renewing the Center, we're answering God's call to work for the spiritual renewal of the church. For more information, visit RenewingTheCenter.org. We're glad to have you with us today. Now, let's make some space for God's renewing work. Today on the podcast, we're going to look at Exodus 3. Exodus 3. And like I said, this is not one of our lectionary readings, but it actually follows directly on past what we read and looked at on Monday, if you are following on the day of our publication. And I'm really excited about this because I think there's something for us here, especially when we go through seasons where we feel uh, disqualified and we're wondering whether God's going to put us back in the game. Let me read, then we'll pray, and then we're just going to look at the Bible today. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. And then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. And when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. And then he said, come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said, further, I'm the God of your father the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look at God. And then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I've heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings and I've come down to deliver them from the Egyptians. And to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has now come to me. I have also seen how the Egyptians oppress them. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He said, I will be with you, and this shall be a sign for you, that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this mountain. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, I pray that you would help us to see truth in your word today. God, that we would see in the story of Moses uh, parts of our own story. Help us, God, to find our story hidden in this story. God, that we would discover something about you, about um, second chances, about the future. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Y'all, this is all about God putting Moses back in the game. If you were listening on with us last week as we were sitting in the second chapter of Egypt, you know that Moses has suffered a disqualification. As a young man, he sees an Egyptian beating a Hebrew slave and he takes matters into his own hands. See, Moses was a child of promise and yet he took matters into his own hands and tried to be that deliverer in his own strength. And he murdered someone and was discovered and because of that, he flees. And he ends up in Midian working for Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he's disqualified. And I said this last time and I'll say it again. You may feel right now like you're in a kind of self-imposed Midian. You may feel like you've made some mistakes, maybe in a marriage or in your friendships or in your career choices or in your own heart, your soul, your relationships. And sometimes like Moses, we end up in a kind of disqualified place, a place that's far away from where we thought we would be. Well, that's where Moses is. And yet we're told after a long time God had begun to work restoration in Moses. He had found family in that isolated place. He had began to bear fruit in that isolated place, and he'd actually started to be a deliverer there. He advocated for the daughters of the priest of Midian, Jethro, and Mary, Zipporah, one of them. Well, now we see that the Lord has taken note of what's going on in Israel, and we all know the the way this story ends, which is that Moses was called by God to be a deliverer for the Israelites. In a a real way, he prefigures Jesus. He's the leader of an exodus of a freedom march, which Jesus ultimately does for us. But before he could get there, he had to work through his own pain of shame and disqualification See, God wasn't finished with Moses, even when maybe Moses thought God was finished with him. I bet as Moses ends up in Midian, he's thinking, well, I blew my chance. And maybe today you're listening to me and you think I had a chance to do something important for God or to to be a good example or to lead something important. But I messed up and now I'm just out here in some form of Midian. Well, it was in Midian where Moses learned to take care of his responsibilities. He learned to be faithful with what was in front of him. And what's in front of him, as we look at the first uh, bit here of Exodus three, is that he was tending to a flock of sheep. He was being a shepherd and he was doing the work of David. <laughs> he was doing the work that um, we would see as a, an image through the whole Bible of the way God is with his people. He was just minding the creatures under his care. And in that far away, out of the way, solitary place, he encounters a burning bush. And the thing that's so interesting to me about the burning bush, the way God chooses to put Moses back in the game, is that the Lord sees that Moses notices the burning bush. And y'all, the Hebrew language in this text is, is emphatic. It says that when the Lord saw that Moses had turned aside to see, then God called to him out of the bush. See, God is looking in this moment to see if Moses, in his discouraged state, is alert and paying attention even in the midst of disappointment. It's interesting to note that in order to fully experience this bush, Moses had to turn aside. He actually had to alter his path to get off the path. And similarly, I would say to you that if you were in a place that feels like Midian and you're discouraged. If you walk distracted and dejected through your life without looking up and noticing, without making space for God to somehow break in, you might miss these burning bushes. So Moses doesn't miss it. He sees and the, the course of his life is altered forever as a result. So God comes close and Moses is about to encounter him in a very real way. Moses is about to be put back in the game. Dallas Willard, one of my favorite Christian thinkers who's gone to be with the Lord, he said this, many say that God is not in space at all, but instead God's in the human heart. And that sounds nice, but it really doesn't help us. In fact, it just makes matters worse. In my heart easily becomes in my imagination, And in any case, the question of God's relation to space and the physical world remains unsolved. Listen to what Willard says. If God is not in space at all, he is not in human life, which is lived in space. God is in our space. The burning bush reminds us that God enters our domain in order to reveal himself to us from time to time. And so in the burning bush, God is both near to Moses and yet other or distinct from Moses. Both of those things are true at the same time. And y'all, that's the way God is with all of us all the time. He is both near, imminent, and other, transcendent. He is not just like you, and yet he is close to you. And that is the heart of what it means to be differentiated. If you have listened to me preach more than five sermons, you've probably heard me say the word differentiation, which is to be connected but leave space. That's the way God is with us. And that's the way we are supposed to be with one another in our parenting, in our romance, in our friendships, connected to one another, and yet leaving space for the other to respond. God leaves a space for Moses to respond, and he does. Moses looks at the Lord, and the Lord puts him back in the game. See, the thing that's so interesting here is that Moses hears from God that God has observed the misery of the Jews He says, I've heard their cry, and I'm about to do something about it. And then he looks at this guy who had taken matters into his own hands, and he says, and I'm going to use you to do something about it. And this is the reality, y'all. Moses had disqualified himself, and yet God is now saying to him, I'm putting you back in. Maybe you feel that there's an area in your life where you have disqualified yourself, where you have blown it. Like Moses, maybe the Lord would look at you and say, after a long time, I'm going to put you back in. I'm going to bring things that were dead back to life. And if you think about it, y'all, if you go to the second chapter of Acts, when the Holy Spirit came, and the Holy Spirit came to help a group of fearful, frightened, hiding people turn outward toward the need around them, right? That's what was going on with the disciples. And when the Holy Spirit came, the Holy Spirit came as tongues of fire and a wind rushing through the house. And when I think of those tongues of fire, I think of this burning bush, the Holy Spirit comes to bring us back and to pull us back into life when we've been pulled out. So when the Lord says this, Moses looks at God and says, who am I? Y'all, he's either being afraid or he's just being realistic. He's thinking like, "I, I don't know if I can do what you're telling me that you want me to do. But it's interesting to see when Moses says, who am I? God doesn't give him a pep talk. God doesn't say, Moses, you're a really great guy. Moses, you've got everything it takes. You're special. He responds to Moses' question, not by building up Moses' confidence in himself, but by reassuring him that he would be with him. God says to Moses' insecurity, I will be with you. And I would say that God says to your insecurity and mine, I will be with you. So God invites Moses to engage the most important struggle of his life with an awareness that he is going to be with him in that struggle. And I think we're just the same. Father, I pray for my friends today. I pray as we face uncertainty, as we work through how to move past disqualification or disappointment, that you would show us that you have a plan for us. And that this moment we're in, this Midian moment, is not the end. In Jesus' name, amen. If you felt moved or inspired by something in this podcast, an idea, an image, or an impression, carry it with you into your day as a prayer, coming back to it again and again in the spaces throughout your day. Be curious about what God wants to show you. What in your life needs to hear this word of encouragement, inspiration, or course correction? And be courageous in your response. The Holy Spirit will give you the grace to carry out whatever he places on your heart. And thank you for being with us today. We look forward to having you with us again next time here at Renewing the Center.